Hello, and welcome to Look to Love, a podcast from me, J.L. Gerhardt, to help you read the Bible a better way, to see, know, and fall in love with God. Every week, we read a passage from the Bible. We're working our way from Genesis to Revelation, and we ask the question, who is God? Not, what's in this for me, or what can I learn about how to behave, or what yummy historical details can I chew on? We focus our attention on him in hopes of seeing him more clearly and ultimately loving him more dearly. So let's do this. Let's open our Bibles and look to love. Not all passages of scripture look great on a t-shirt or a coffee mug. Not all passages of scripture make excellent VBS themes. One of those passages that I would pick out as a thornier, pokier, more complicated one might be Joshua chapter 11 and verse 20, where God, talking about the nations inhabiting the land of Canaan, says, For it was the Lord's intention to harden their hearts, so that they would engage Israel in battle be completely destroyed without mercy, and be annihilated, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Like I said, it's not exactly a t-shirt verse. There's no way around it. The book of Joshua is complicated. It's hard for a modern audience to look at a book that's really all about one nation forcefully invading another and killing everybody in it. God leads his people to annihilate the various people groups of Canaan. They destroy cities, burn them to the ground. They kill men, women, and children. They even kill the livestock. They kill kings in incredibly gruesome ways. This book is hard to deal with. What's going on here? Why would God lead his people into so much violence? And what does that say about God? What kind of God leads a holy war like this? Is he a racist? Is he an extremist? Does he prefer certain people groups to other people groups? Picking some and not others just on a whim. Is he violent? Is he scary? You can't read Joshua without recognizing that God is a God who punishes those who go against him. God is a jealous God. He wants the whole world's love and worship. And when we choose not to love and worship him, we put ourselves in a dangerous place. So often I've read the book of Joshua and really just thought of the nations and Israel, um, that one was God's chosen people and that the nations were the people who God hadn't chosen. And so God felt free taking from the ones he hadn't chosen and giving to the ones he had. But then I read Deuteronomy and I realized this is a little more complicated than that. In Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 4, we see God saying to Israel, I am not giving you the promised land because of your own righteousness. He's very explicit here. He says, you didn't earn it. There's nothing special about you that you deserve the promised land. Instead, he said, it is because of their wickedness that I'm taking the land away from them. This was something I hadn't thought about before, that God sending Israel to invade Canaan is not God 
just taking from Canaan without reason. It's God's punishment on the people living in Canaan for choosing against him. Remember, most of the nations living in that area of the world are nations that had access to Yahweh. They're nations that would have heard the stories of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. In some cases, they're the very descendants of Abraham through Ishmael. All of them had learned or had been given the opportunity to learn the stories about Yahweh and to serve Yahweh. According to God in Deuteronomy, these are the people who have chosen against him. They're the wicked. They're the ones who again and again and again have gone against his plan and against his will. In fact, this is super interesting to me and I don't know exactly how it works, but we see in Deuteronomy that God actually holds his people back in some instances from being able to conquer others because he feels like he hasn't give those other, given those other nations enough time to repent. And so he'll hold Israel back from fighting against them in order to give them just a little more time. Maybe they'll repent. Maybe God doesn't need to destroy them. There's grace here even in the middle of so much violence and punishment. Okay, so this isn't about preferential treatment. God isn't choosing Israel and not choosing Canaan. God has given Canaan a chance also to be his children, maybe not in exactly the same way as Israel, but God has given them an opportunity. They've chosen against him. And the reason why Israel at this moment is able to inhabit the land is because they have chosen to follow him. Later, Israel will decide not to follow God. And guess what? God will take the land from Israel and he'll give it to others. In fact, he will kill many, many Israelites because they choose against him. God's violence isn't just haphazardly thrown about. When God is violent, it is because God is punishing people for choosing against him. It's God's justice that leads to God's violence. I think there's one part of the book of Joshua that really helps me understand God's impartiality. The fact that God isn't rooting for Israel and rooting against Canaan. And that comes in Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. This is one of my absolute favorite passages. Joshua is preparing to take Jericho. He's already sent the spies. They've come back. He's preparing his army. He has a plan. When? And this is in verse 13. When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? This makes sense, right? Joshua sees a warrior. He looks strong. He looks well-armed. He looks powerful. Joshua wants to know, am I, is this guy on my side? Or is this guy against me? Right? That's his question. Are you for us or are you for our enemies? Neither, the man replies. I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. Joshua says, are you for us or are you for them? And this, this commander of the Lord's army says, neither. Now, wait a minute. Isn't the Lord fighting for Israel? Isn't Israel God's army right now? Evidently not. God's army isn't Israel. 
In this case, God's army will fight on the side of Israel because Israel is fighting on the side of God. That's where we have to be careful. I think this is so revealing about who God is because so often we think God fights for us. We think God is on our side. That whatever my side is, that's the side that God is on. And God will fight behind me. Well, that's not how it works. We get on God's side and then we fight with God by the power of God. How is this helpful as we try to understand who God is? Well, it helps me because so often I see so many people out there in the world proclaiming that God is on their side. They say, God is with me on this. When in reality, God doesn't choose a side. God isn't for the right and against the left. He's not for the left and against the right. God isn't for the rich and against the poor. He's not for the poor and against the rich. God fights alongside those who fight alongside him. When we are fighting God's battles, we can expect that God will be beside us in the fight. God doesn't get on our side. We get on his side. Thanks for joining me today at Look to Love. This podcast began as I was writing the book, Look to Love, A Better Way to Read the Bible. So if you're interested in this way of approaching scripture, go get yourself a book available right now on Amazon. You can follow me at JL Gerhart on Instagram or Facebook, or subscribe to my free bi-weekly essay, The Goodness, where I look for the goodness of God in the land of the living. Do reach out. I would love to know you're listening. Until next time. I hope you'll look to love.